Hello, what's going on? And I think I'm waiting on Michael. This is Kevin Allen and uh, there he is, M2 The Rock. How are you, my friend? Can you hear me? I can hear you, my friend. How are you? I'm good, man. Uh, so uh, we are doing this uh, interview. You're down in Orlando, Florida. I think you told me you were on the travel and we'll get into you in a moment here, but thanks for everyone tuning into the Kevin Allen Show. This is our weekly show. And uh, we've been after an interview with you for a bit, man. We've been trying to chase uh, you down. <laughs> well, what's, uh, what, what's going on? What are you doing? What are you, what are you doing down in Orlando? Well, I'm down here with my son. Um, you know, part of the great story. You know, um, actually, he turns a year sober um, on the sixth of January, which is in mm -hmm. a couple of days. So um, awesome. it's a big day down here, and and I'm down here building a house. You know, somebody awesome. somebody finally pulled me off the bench and. Um, wants me to build their house. They got a big house down here. They, they want me to build it. So I'm back in the game for one more time, maybe. So your, your construction background, but let's, uh, the uh, listeners here on the Kevin Allen show, uh, I'm sure they want to know about you. you. Listen, I know you hear it all the time. You got the interesting look, dude. You, you look, you got the rock star look, uh, but your story's more about, you know, who you are today compared to where you came from with the tattoos and the, and the hair and the, and the, and the earrings. So talk, talk a little bit about that. Like, uh, who you are and, and, and let everyone know exactly your story, please. Well, um, my name's Michael Molfin and, um, you know, you got MM, which is M2, uh, kind of came about and, um, I'm not unique, you know, I'm just like everybody else. And, um, you know, I, I'm a recovering drug addict alcoholic and, and I, um, you know, one of those stories and, you know, my story is like everybody else that, that has, um, ventured into that visible, a solution to our invisible problems. And um, my story goes like this. I, I drank alcohol and I did drugs and uh, something happened and I felt, I started to feel like everybody around me looked. So I kept doing it. And then um, at the end of the run, um, I was drinking and doing drugs because I wanted to feel good about the bad decisions I was making and the confusion that I was in and the consequences as a result of drinking alcohol and doing drugs. I kept doing more to make the consequences go away. So they called it this sick disease. And, you know, I fought this thing to the bitter end. I mean, I was, you know, one of the most well-known high-end luxury home builders in the country at the time. And, you know, it's the penthouse to the, to the pen, you know, to the penitentiary. That's, you know, that's my story. Um, and I had a, um, you know, a bright light experience in, in prison and a spiritual awakening um, that, you know, I'm, um, I'm, I'm not that guy anymore. And so, um, you know, today I was, I was magically released from prison and traveled over 300 miles to turn myself in and the, the judge heard what was happening and, and she set me free. And so, um, she said, go pay it forward. And, you know, there was a local radio show in Dallas, uh, called, uh, in the know is a business show with Brian Glenn and Kim Francis. And they just had me on wanting to know, you know, what happened to Michael Moulton. And I told them the story and they said, well, what year was this? So I said, this was Friday. And I was on the show Wednesday. Um, you know, just got the Salvation Army homeless and, you know, the rest is history. And I just go pay it forward. You know, um, how, and, how many, uh, how many kids you got, Mike? 
I've got four kids. I got a daughter, oldest daughter named Kayla, and I got Brandon Moulton, and they're here in, in Orlando. And then I have Hudson and Hoey Moulton that are, you know, in Dallas, and 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 all of them are doing great. And and um, it's a it's it's a good today. It's a good day. I, I love the beginning to the story because you got right into it. You kind of set up the tone for, you know what, you, you, got, you went there and now you're here. Uh, and your life is quite interesting. I, I do follow you on the social media, you know, uh, platforms. And you are certainly a guy jet setting around and doing some different things. But I know you speak about what you're talking about right now every day. It's your passion. Um, let me ask you, have you ever had that uh, awakening before in your life, before you really had the awakening? Did it take a few times for you to really realize you needed to change your life? No, I never had that awakening. I, I tell you, there's, there's been a lot of times where, and I think a lot of people who struggle with chemical dependency can, can relate to this, is that, you know, that time when we say, I'm done, I'm never doing this again. I'm not drinking ever again, ever again. Uh, and then the next day, you know, I'm drunk or high again, and I don't know why, um, you know, so that, that I was, I'm powerless over it, but you know, my awakening was, I guess, different than everybody else's. And it just, um, you know, I say, I didn't, I didn't ask for it. You know, I didn't say some magical prayer in prison that, that just happened. I had this awakening, you know, I'm, you know, I, I but, but the more I think about it and look back on it. I remember not believing in God. Um, you know, I'm a Jesus guy. I, I don't use it as a marketing tool. Um, you know, when it comes to church and religion, I'm an atheist, you know, but when it comes to spirituality and the word of God and the gospel, the Bible, I'm all in, you know, it, it works for me. Um, but God said, don't put my name in your mouth. Just go show the world who I am, not tell them. And how, how, how are you not a believer in the, the church side of things, but the word you want to sort of speak about? How does that work in, in somebody like you? Well, you know, religion is man-made, you know, and, and spirituality and, um, and true Christianity is, is, um, is not man-made. And so what that is, is I, is I hear God through people. God speaks through people where my head starts doing this, I can relate. And, and even God will speak through ungodly people you know, to deliver, you know, his message. And, and I see that a lot. Um, and that's when I know I'm really connected, you know, is, is when I start hearing it that way. You know, recovery for me is a spiritual program. You know, I, I don't want to discount mental health. I don't want to discount medication. I'm, in fact, this is my first interview and I'm, I'm about to, you know, start talking about it. You know, I struggle with mental health. You know, I, I have mental health issues and and um, in fact, I have a, a, a Zoom meeting tomorrow with with my with my doctor, my psychiatrist, and we're working on some stuff because of, um, you know, some anxiety and some mania and um, a lot of stuff is, is triggering right now. I'm being triggered by a lot of things because of a lot going on. You know, when you talk about things, Michael, do, do they trigger you, too? Sometimes you have that sort of memory and it starts bringing back some stuff. I don't really want to talk about it. It's really um, what's going on right now. You know, my son coming in my life and 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 being engaged and and now building this house and and being in Orlando and and she's back there. And it's these fears that I go through that is like what's happening because you know what people see and they see this and all this. I mean, my hair is long because I just didn't get a haircut during quarantine and I just let it go. Right? Well, you got a rocket, dude. You can't change that. That's the <laughs> you know I got this jewelry on because it was given to me. You know, so everything you see is given to me, but. You know, I'm month to month. I'm a month to month guy, you know, trying to make it. And and that becomes overwhelming for me. You know, I get in my head and and, and my stories start sounding real and the thoughts start sounding in my own voice. And 
And that's why I love doing this. You know, you, you do message me today and I said, I'll do it tonight because when I do this, it helps me. I do this for me because it gets me out of self. Kind of a therapy you, you've created yeah. uh, this opportunity to talk about it. Yeah, just to help others. And it, it just, as I learned that in prison, you know, just helping others where it's real. There's no motives. I don't want anything in return. I don't want anything. You know, I just, I just want to be able to, to share and get it out and, and to be transparent and honest. And for someone to, you know, maybe go, you know, I can relate to this cat. And what I really love, my whole, my whole goal with our show is, is it's not drugs and alcohol. That's, that's not what we do. We're not a recovery show. We're all about, you know, our big movement is to help men. You know, the, the, the crisis today is the missing man. And, and for men to listen to the show and relate, they go, man, I love what you're saying because I don't have a problem with alcohol and drugs, but I sure have a problem with work. You know, it's the same thing. I, I, I'm at work and I tell my wife, I'm going to be home in one hour and I mean it. And I'm home four hours later because I just want to get one more deal done. And, and I let my family down and, and then I feel guilt and shame about it. And I do it again. So it's the same thing. So I love it's that cycle. That's that cycle of the hustle and trying to beat the hustle. So, you know, it's interesting. Uh, you don't really know me that well, but I, I spent 21 years in prison as a correction officer. And actually, uh, so it's interesting. Boss man. You, yeah, man, there you go. Boss man. Right. Um, but I learned, you know, it's kind of funny that I actually um, associate more now with folks that were actually uh, incarcerated in mm -hmm. my life after my time serving. I, I went on the politics and then I started this podcast thing. Um, I'm 52 years old. I'm assuming we're probably close in age. Same age, same age. Yeah. Go, bang. So, uh, you know, I don't have the hair you do, though, brother. That's the only thing I'm missing. But, um, you know, the story is isn't much different in a sense of, you know, I feel PTSD. I feel I feel stress. And I talk about um, some of those things. Suicide in our industry is huge. It's huge. Uh, alcoholism, drug uh, addiction. And it's kind of funny in a way when you sit back, you remember the boss man sitting back and maybe you're in one of the groups or the, you know, these conversations going on about alcohol or drugs and trying to get out of prison. And here we are sitting here and most of us are dealing with the same issues just on a different capacity. What was your, what was your time in prison like for you? What, what was your talk a little bit about that experience? Well, with 27 mug shots and, um, I was the guy that, you know, I talk about that a lot when I share my story, you know, um, there's a gentleman by the name of Uwe that was my last celly, and I was in an aggravated assault tank. I got put, I got charged, my last charge, I got charged with a really serious charge. It got dropped. It was, um, I was with a girl that was very, very sick and she's schizophrenic and just said something that actually the officer put me in the front seat. They didn't even handcuff me. They said, make sure you tell the officer, but but I was dirty. I was on probation. And I violated. And Judge Bennett said, I've had enough. And I'm in this aggravated assault tank and I'm white, I'm proper. And so um, I got to, you know, I got to lay low and I get in there and, and, um, you know, this guy goes, you know, rabbit, they call me rabbit. That's my prison name, you know, rabbit. Um, you know, you need to, you need to calm down. I mean, you're pacing, walking around, you're a nervous wreck. You're making a lot of people nervous. You're doing hard time. Mm -hmm. I go, what do you mean? Cause you're doing hard, you gotta get out of that world. And I never knew what that meant. And then that day when he asked me, he says, you know, um, you know, will you read to me? And I go, what? He goes, yeah, will you read to me? He's 74 years old. And I said, what are you talking about? He goes, I can't read. I can't write. In fact, nobody in this tank can read and write. That blew me away. Absolutely blew me away. And so I read to him. I said, okay, I'll read to him. What, what, did, you, what did you read, Michael? The book Detours by Tony Evans. Um, he told me the story how he knew Tony Evans. We just, in fact, the Tony Evans crew just actually dropped a, a, a video about the story. Um, but I read this story to him, you know, reading this book to him, and I started reading the Bible. 
And as I was reading the Bible, there was black words on white paper, you know. But the next thing I know, Kevin, is, is four days went by. And for the first time, four days, I was still and I was quiet. And I was like, going, what's going on here? And I hadn't thought about anything. Well, come to find out what I realized that I was in the now and I was doing easy time. And man, I was like going, wow, this is incredible because what we do is, is that when my mind goes into the future alone, I get in fear, I get anxious, I get paranoid, uh, and all that stuff. I don't like the way that feels. So I shift the view. My brain wants to change the way I feel. So I go to the past. So when I go in the past in my head, I get resentful, I get angry, PTSD, depression. Um, it's, it's just like, oh my God. So I'm doing this game back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And as a young person, you know, I'm doing this all the time. And all of a sudden, I'm reaching out for these visible things to try to change the way I feel. And I can't change the way I feel. And I'm, it's busy, busy, busy. Then all of a sudden, I will find something, alcohol. I take a drink of alcohol and something happened. And when that happened, Kevin, I looked at people like around me. I go, that's how they feel. This is how they feel. And I felt a sense of, I thought it was a spiritual awakening, but it was euphoria. And so as I, as I had that moment to stay there, how do I stay there? I drink more. I do more, you know, and, and, and so now I'm reaching out to, and I got alcohol and drugs and sex and work and golf and, and all this stuff, all these visible things trying to keep me in the now. Um, and that I don't know what's happening, but what I was reading to him I realized that because I was serving and out of self, I started to become in the safest place in the world. And that was right here, right now, because that's where God's at. And, and that was such an awakening for me. I'm like, wow, but it's a different, I mean, it happens. I want to do it and I want to serve. I don't want anything. Mm -hmm. What's happened today where I'm really fighting with is I've always been a person of attraction, not promotion. I've always in my business. I always, I want, I want you to like, you called me. I mean, that's what I want, you know, and I'm being challenged to step out there and, and, and kind of, which is uncomfortable for me and, and monetize and all this stuff. And this is all new to me being this new person, you know, asking for money for what I do. It's yeah. just been real difficult. And I've had some we're, really we're on the same page on that one, brother. I, you know, it's one of those so, things where you, yeah. So I really had some cool people in my life saying, and, and pastor Evan said it perfect because it's okay to make money at what you're doing. I want everybody to capture this. It's okay to make money at what you're doing. Just don't let it become your source. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I said, boom, you know, so. Understood. Yeah. So this, this, this gentleman you were reading with 74 years old, you're in the, I think you're talking about a holding tank possibly, or at least a big area where maybe a, a dorm setting. And no, uh, it was actually, it was, it was, it was maximum. And I was in, oh, a so two, you were in maximum prison at this time. You were, you I was were in a two man cell, you know, okay. 22, 22 in, two out, you know. Okay. And, so you were doing the real time with the real deal. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, so you said 27 mug shots, right? Yeah. 27 mugshots. That's 27 times to the, to the count uh, in County. And then eventually to the, the prison. Um, how old were you when you first started going to prison? Yeah, this was in a six year span. This is in a six year span. So six years between the time you started, really, you, you, you went on knee and you, you weren't able to get up and uh, for six years you spent, but how old were you when you actually started that six year span? What was that? 47, 46 with that. So yeah. you did everything up to that point. You Thing. you were working hard you built this business it's going well parenting all that stuff 
and then yeah. this happened. That's crazy. Yeah, I get I get real twisted up when things happen to me that don't make sense. You know, people would when I'm betrayed and um, and and people are doing things to me that I would never do to them. You know, I'm the type of guy I'll burn my own house down. You know, I won't go after you. I'll burn my own house down. Mm-hmm. And you know, I had some really bad stuff happen to me. You know, and and betrayal, and that's why that book Detours really woke me up because the story of Joseph. And it was like, wow, this is me. And when I say this is me, I'm not justifying it. It gave me hope, you know. And what happened was, is when all this in 2009, when my wife went down with a massive brain hemorrhage, was in a coma, my life changed overnight. And, and when stuff started happening and people were coming in and getting money from me and all this stuff and, um, and saying stuff about me, the way I started behaving made it started making it easy for people to believe the stories, right? And so, you know, I discounted all what, you know, what was right and my story, the truth went nowhere. And so I was in a prison in my head because no one's going to believe what's happening to me because of my behaviors at the time, because of fear. I had no tool. I just didn't know what to do. So you're, you're drawing this attention, uh, uh, obviously, by your own actions, not realizing outside what people are perceiving you as. Let me ask you, uh, a lot of money in your life, in and out, you, you made a lot of money and you lost a lot of money. I gave it all away. Yeah, I literally gave it all away, you know, in a divorce. And, and um, I, you know, I had boy, my boys and I just literally just stroked it and just I pushed it across the table and I said, if y'all want all the control, I'm going to give it to you. And I literally you, you, I, have you lived homeless, Michael? Hmm? Have you been homeless? Oh yeah. Have you been was, living on the street and all that stuff? No. Yeah, I was living. I was living in a stolen suburban uh, behind the bait shop. Uh, you know, at a lake. You know, for some reason, alcoholics we always end up at the lake. You know, <laughs> it's so true, isn't it? Right. You got to be by water if you're going to be flip flops and uh, alcohol, right? Yeah, it's and so crazy. I'm just like going. And, and what was sad is I go, I got this. You know, this this is I got this. This is normal, and I I'm gonna make the comeback. And, and you know, speaking of that, you know, every time that I would get released and get back out into the world, I you know the Rocky music's going. I'm gonna make a comeback. I'm gonna do this. And what was fueling me to make the comeback was the same character defects that got me put in prison. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm not drinking. I'm not doing drugs. But what was fueling me was resentment. I'll mm-hmm. show you. And it was resentment. And that's mm-hmm. the number one offender that's killing the human race is resentment. Uh, because so I, had no, I had no tools on how to do it. And when I have a resentment today, you know, what I look at today and is that I play a role in it. You know, when I, and I play a role in it. And once I accept my role and I play in it and I'm grateful for it. Right. Wow. That's when I really crossed over to the supernatural. And I get to really see God because, you know, I always I like to talk about this one part is that I would sit in prison and I wanted to answer the questions that would baffle me, you know? And so one of the questions that would just make me so angry is that, you know, why should we believe you this time, Michael? What's different now? You know, you know, people in recovery, and they just, ugh. you know, because we can never answer the question why we drank and did drugs. What's different now? And I have an answer finally. And that answer is in order for God to set me free, I had to set everyone around me free and mm. everything. And today, you know, my grandfather who sexually, you know, abused me for years as a child that I buried, you know, and I wouldn't talk about it. And I was protecting my family because I didn't want them to be upset. Um, I shared that story one day at, at a big speaking event that I was to this day still, you know, not comfortable, you know, going in a urinal, a wall urinal next to a man. I have to wait for one to open up so I can shut the door. And I shared that because I was in the bathroom there. 
four guys came up to me in tears and they said, what you just shared there just saved my life because I've never, I thought I was the only guy that thought that way. And right there is where I really understood, wow, my grandfather just saved four men's life. You know, so let me ask you, how, how old were you, Michael, when that happened? I was young. I was, I was, I mean, I, I, it happened from as long as I can remember till I was about 10 years old. Yeah. So I, I actually had an interview with Stormy Daniels and I never admitted uh, until she admitted. And during the interview at nine years old, I was offended by a babysitter. She was a female. Um, mm. And, you know, people, when they first hear that same, you know, me saying that story with a 19 year old and me being nine, um, especially the guys in the room, you know, like, come on, that's cool. You know, whatever, you know, it's a, a twisted version, but you really don't know how these little and uh, that are not little and minimize them, but these things impact your life. And, you know, since I've been able to admit that, I'm going to be honest with you, you stand taller, you, you stand stronger. So thank you for sharing that with the listeners yeah. here. I know they're going to, they're going to take that away. And, you know, the story you're telling is, is sort of common in some ways. And I don't want to say that you're individual, but we hear a lot of the same things. And a lot of these stories about people who battle alcohol and drugs and have yeah. tough, you know, decisions in their lives. Uh, we see our penitentiaries filled with people. And these stories are very similar. Do you do a lot of outreach with the folks that are back in prison? Are, are you kind of passionate about that? Yeah, that's another thing is, is I was actually speaking at a, a, a treatment center. A, a, let's call it a, a high. I don't do much. In fact, I hardly do any treatment center stuff. But this one in Dallas, I was doing, um, I was speaking there. It's, it's high end. I and mean, you got to have money to get in there. It's one of those deals, you know. And, and this one kid that I was eating lunch with afterwards, you know, apparently my story really touched him, you know, and, and he shared with his dad and he's still sober today. And, you know, he's the, he's the, I'm, I can't mention it, but he's a real big wig and securist, you know, um, mm -hmm. which is government telecom and, and they're in the prisons and, and all that. And man, just, I started getting these, all these emails from prison. I'm like, what is going on here? Well, what happened was, is this owner of the company um, got my show on the tablets that are now being distributed all across the prisons across the country. Okay. So everybody in the prisons are, you know, the shows that we do and everything we upload to audio, they okay. listen to it. So, okay. you know, awesome. that's an, that's an outreach. And now that I know that and what I'm getting, people will email me from prison with questions and it gives me content and I'll do a, you know, 30 minute, you know, session on it, speaking to them. And so that's awesome. So you see, you never know when it's going to work like that. That's interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it, it, let me ask you a little bit about prison in a sense of, do you think the prison system itself is uh, in any way helping those people in prison? And, and you know, listen, I'm a prison guard. I'm, I'm cut from a different cloth because it's what I know. And I do know uh, the answer is probably not going to be what the CO wants to hear, but I want to hear what you have to say. Well, for me, it was, I mean, always help. if you want to get sober, you get sober anyway. You know, and, and the word sober, if you want to change your life, you can change it anywhere. It doesn't matter where you're at. Yep. Um, you know, the, I just did a documentary last week in Dallas. I just flew in, um, you know, after doing that, talking about that, you know, is the system set up, you know, to right? It is. It really is. It's a very simple system that they mm -hmm. set up is that we just surrender and do it their way, you know, and mm -hmm. get that. Um, and it, it works. If we go in there trying to say, this is trash, I'm not going to do it. We're not going to do it this way. And if I'm trying to run the show, you know, I'm so sick. Me running the show got me in prison, right? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it works. I mean, anything that's offered that can help, um, you know, you know, plant the seed that for me just to get honest, hey, I've got a problem. And to simply say this, I don't know why I drink and do drugs. Please help me. And it's available. 
available. And so you, you don't, you don't resent the system. You, you put yourself there and you own it. So I think that's, a, that's an important part of, I think the, the recovery of the mental part of what we go through when we go through these experiences. And I want to share, you know, I'm, I'm a divorced guy. I, I, I got two older kids and I felt a lot of shame in some of my actions. I've owned them too. Um, you know, uh, I, I don't think alcohol and drugs have been the extent of the problem in my life like they've been yours. Do you resent people that can drink alcohol? Are you good around that? Are you, uh, where are you yeah, at now? No. I mean, I'm around it a lot with my fiance, who's a touring musician, you know. And I didn't want to bring her up to the end, Michael. Yeah. I didn't want to talk about the celebrity okay. star. <laughs> but she, um, you know, I'm around it a lot. And, and you know what's amazing is, is, as social media and the digital media world, I really study the numbers and watch it because I listen to the audience. I want to provide what, what they're asking for. And, and the, my biggest following is female. I got a huge female following as far as engagement, likes and shares and, 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 and really outgoing and messaging and all that stuff. And, 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 and I, I, I stay real far away from that unless they really need help we have a standard deal that we send to them mm -hmm. so we know we got them right so i try to figure out how do we get men to mm -hmm. engage and that's where my where my my target is and what's interesting is out in the public i'm not approached by women in the public i'm a, all across the country i'm approached by men mm -hmm. that men will come up to me they'll come up to me hammered i mean they will come up to me hammered saying man i love what you do i love that one show and I really can relate to that because we're all addicts. We're all addicts. There's no such thing as normal. And, and what is addiction? Addiction is a person, place, thing, ready, or thought that becomes my source, right? And so that's what addiction is. And, and it's cool because it's a luxury I don't have, you know? And, and if someone comes up to me and they're talking and they go, man, I love what you're doing. And, you know, I don't have a problem with alcohol. Like, I'm just going to... I. I may stop just drinking and just drink on the weekends. Well, I can't say that anybody's an alcoholic, but that's a red flag. If you mm -hmm. have to announce that, if you have mm -hmm. to make that public, there might be a problem, you know, with alcohol. Mm -hmm. So, um, but no, I don't, I don't have any of that, you know, where I get, you know, um, I really don't have any jealousy on that. You know, I, mm -hmm. I am. Um, a That's a big hurdle for some folks, though, Michael. I mean, I think some of the folks I've spoken to and, and a lot of the people that have been able to empower themselves like you have, the strength comes from not being affected by that. And you have to be there. You got to yeah, be there. I, and, you know, I, the, the great respect I have, if you know that that's a trigger and it's trouble, mm -hmm. stay away from it, you know? Right. Now, I right. don't, I don't, um, I don't just like, I don't go, okay, tonight I'm going to go to the bar and just hang out, you know? Mm -hmm. The reason why I don't do that doesn't sound fun anymore. It's just not real good memories, you know. It's just, ugh. Um, but when I go to the events, you know, then here we go. What's the difference between an alcoholic and a social drinker? There is an answer, you know. The difference is uh, the alcoholic, the drink is more important than the event, right? Mm -hmm. For the social drinker, the event is more important than the drink, which that means it's like, hey, we're going to go to the cowboy game. Well, they're not selling beer. I'm not going to the cowboy game. Okay. <laughs> For the person who doesn't have a problem, they go, I don't care. I'm going to the cowboy game. And yeah. so that is the difference between an alcoholic and a social drinker. And do I can you, do that. Do, Michael, do you ever get kind of like, and I'm not, because I, I, I think a lot of curiosity for folks, especially listening uh, on this platform. Um, do you ever get tired of the conversation? Do you ever feel like, man, I just, I, I, let's talk about the weather. Let's talk about, you know what I mean? 
Is that ever something that you kind of, are you, it's time to move past that because you aren't defined by your past, you're defined by now. Right. Do you ever feel that, that way about this whole situation? No, I mean, I don't, you know, at home in my personal life, you know, we'll get to, we'll get to talking about it and it kind of comes that way. It's like, you know, Hey, you know, you're getting a little squirrely right now. You know, you need to do this, do this, call your, call your sponsor and all this stuff. And I'm like, man, get off me. Let me, let me make it, you know? Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. No, it, it doesn't. I just, um, when I, I, there's times, you know, what I struggle with today is, um, is the, the enemy will get in my head, the thoughts, the devils, say whatever you want to call it, the dark side will get in my head and say, you have no retirement money. You have no 401k. You have no this. Look what you used to have. Now you don't have it. Oh, you're engaged. You can't support her. I mean, that's what happens. And mm-hmm. I will go, I get nuts, you know, mm-hmm. and, and when I get in fear, I try to control and that does not work out real well, you know? And so that's what I struggle with. You know, my, that my pain today, what I'm really struggling with today is the thought of drinking and drugging doesn't enter my mind is I'm feeling something and I know what it is and I know who I believe in. And I just get tired, dude. It's called spiritual warfare. You know, I just, I, there's a point where I just get exhausted. Um, And I've I've been going through here lately. I've been, and I share that, you know, and I, and I love it because when I'm in the pain, I document it. So once I come out the other side, I share that with you and say, man, you're not going to believe this. And guess what happened? You know, where I had this awakening, I was on the, on the Kevin out, you know, show. And I was, I was like, started talking about something and it hit me. It just Mm -hmm. hit me that I'm not grateful. I'm very ungrateful. Uh, You know, it's too busy. I'm doing hard time. And it goes back to, I just need to read to somebody, you know, Mm -hmm. Gonna read again the seventy-four year old cellmate. You know, it's interesting, Michael. You, you, your uh, your openness about I think pretty much I think you're a guy who has no filter in a sense of you just let it rip, and I think that's been success for you, right? Because yeah. some of us are are a little reluctant to share those stories. Um, do you think sometimes including God into your story of recovery does it sort of sometimes shut doors for you? Or does it open doors, or how's that work? Because I think again, most people are like, oh God. Here he goes. He goes to prison. He finds God. Now all of a sudden he's, you know what I mean? How, and listen, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like being that guy. No, I like this right real, but it's a real question. So how do you react to that? So, well, when I say it, it just comes out like saying Dr. Pepper, you know, it's not like, it's not like I forcefully put the word God or Jesus or what, and it just happens. It's kind of like saying Kevin, you know, it's just like, you know, I, I, I did a show the other day. I said, you know, if, if, if I had to announce that I'm a Christian or if I had to say that, please run, please <laughs> run. You know, I, I don't do that. Um, it's just, um, it just happens naturally. And, you know, and if someone's immediately shutting their door off, you know, on it, you know, I, I can relate. You know, I, I remember that. I didn't want anything to do with that witchcraft. And I just didn't want anything to do with it. And just my style is, 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 showing the world that oh you know that he's god you know it did for, you know, with my story you know um you know god says you know, i allowed all this to happen so everything got taken away for you to hit your knees to turn to me to realize you had no control now go out there and show the world who i am don't tell them you know mm-hmm. and so you know that's 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 what works for me and you know i've never brought anybody to christ i've never pray with anybody saying this is the time to accept Christ and all that. It's amazing. All the emails and messages that I get saying, man, 
I found, I found God with three. I go, I didn't do nothing, dude. You know, I didn't do anything. Just being you though. But that's, that's, that's the vehicle that you've been chosen to be, you know, sort of used by uh, the powers to to make it happen. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not in the same religious position you are. I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, but I, at the same time, I get it. Uh, I do understand how it works so powerfully for some and, and some are are challenged by it. Um, Let me, you know, you talked about your business experience, your success, um, and you're kind of on the rebound in a sense of who you are redefining. And I love it because we're the same age. And so many people I know right now in our lives around that 50 to 55 year old mark, we're all trying to figure it out again. We're all just out here and we're, we're actually smarter, better, faster than those young guys. So I know where success is here. Um, but with your business, you said you were slamming hammers and not to be disrespectful. Was that your only thing? Or you, were you, you like running the whole planning, building? Were you doing everything uh, in the building process? Yeah, I mean, we were, you know, doing over 100, 200 million a year, you know, it was, it was, wow. you know, we had, a, we had a big company and, you know, I'm, I am, um, um, I've always been very, very smart, you know, and that's what killed me, you know, because, um, because it was all up here mm-hmm. and, it, you know, is it, my IQ is, it, is, it, is a, um, you know, is it, it's a defect for me. It's a, it's a disability. Um, and I'm really struggling with it right now because, if stuff doesn't make sense, I get stuck, you know, and, and it, it ended up and, and that th- the thrill of the deal and big deals. And, and you know, um, I remember that, but I don't chase it anymore. I don't want it. Um, you don't want to go back to that, making the deal and, and making that business uh, happen. You, you're, you're going to stay. I do, but it's a different way. It's a different way, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I was good business. I mean, I just, I, I did it the right way. I mean, I, I don't have any business problems, you know, been sued or, you know, like that. I just, mm-hmm. um, it's just different now. It, it, and that's what, when I pause, um, it's because, you know, someone introduced me to speak, to, you know, this year and he says, listen, um, Forrest Gump's got nothing on Michael. Okay. He's about his story. It's all real, you know? And so, but when I share the story, I want to share it from a different perspective, you know, mm-hmm. why it happened, why all this stuff happened and what I learned from it, you know, and, um, and that's what I like to you know, like to share about. You know, like today I, I, I struggle, like we said, monetizing. I, I just get stuck. Like, okay, I need to I need to go out and sell myself and 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 talk to people and to hire me to go speak and tell my story. I just mm-hmm. still haven't. I can't. I'm having a hard time doing it. You know, mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. that you see with M to the Rock, you know, even to the the Tony Evans videos and all the stuff that you've seen out there. We don't reach out and ask for it. You know, they, mm-hmm. they, it happens like this. It's just natural. It's attraction. So it means it's, but Michael, that's happening. It's, it's ha- maybe it's not happening at a pace. And I feel the same way. You know, I, I've, I've only been doing the podcast a year. And I love what I, you- I, And I appreciate that. And, you know, I could sit here and it's not about that, but I mean, I could name off the people I've interviewed. They're national. I've had Joe Rogan guest on my show. I mean, this is the, and it's all organic from the bottom up. And, uh, you know, I want the same thing you want. We are on the same page, man. We're trying to, but at the same time, I also want to help and affect positive towards right. people. And that's right. sort of my message uh, from my perspective. I know it's yours. So you talked a little bit about her. So do, can we talk about your newest relationship, your fiance? Uh, Cause I've spoken to you actually, when you were in the backstage, I think at a big and rich concert possibly. Um, mm-hmm. And so you, you must be traveling with her occasionally or, or all the time uh, as she tours. Can you talk a little bit about her? Yeah, so it's it's less now. And it's been tough, you know. I, I get I get lonely, you know. I'm, I've only been sober almost five years, and and I'm starting craving sober. And and we're growing right now. We're definitely growing. And 
Yeah, she's a national recording artist, Rachel Stacy, and um, she's been sober for 10 years, and she was a guest on my show um, at iHeartRadio, mm-hmm. and she just got off the road with Big and Rich, and um, I think the concert that you that you were hearing me at, I think she was with um, uh, Ray Wiley Hubbard uh, and those guys, but, um, you know, it's, um, I don't know anything about music. Everybody goes, are you a musician? I go, I can't well, You got the look, dude. You got the look. Yeah, I, can't, I can't play I mean, the that's radio. The whole thing. <laughs> I can't play the radio, but... Um, but it's really been neat to watch, you know, her world. Um, it's been different because she's a she's very creative. She's a songwriter. Um, you know, I call her Lala. You know, just la la la. You know, the, yeah. that personality when they get a thought, it turns into a decision like that. Mm-hmm. And man, it's been tough for me because I don't do that. And, and then our relationship part. So that's been growing. But you know, I'm very blessed. I'm very fortunate to you know have her and. Um, you know, she's um, an incredible person, works in an incredible program. She helps a lot of women. We're, we're, we're a lot alike. You know, we don't, people are attracted, you know, to us and, and, and they just listen. And, and I'm just real, you know, she actually, she comes to Florida uh, tomorrow, to, day after tomorrow, the 6th, okay. you know, for Brandon's birthday. Okay. We're going to spend a week together. Awesome. Uh, Good. And then excited. so. You seem excited. Out. You're excited to have her there? Yeah, I miss her. Yeah, she, she's my buddy. Yeah. That's awesome. So you're, you're not in the move, you know, the entertainment industry in a sense, but you, you sort of have this now you're, and I don't want to call you an entertainer, you're a storyteller about your reality storyteller. Um, are you feeling the sense of sort of um, star, you know, kind of like when you get this attention, is it, is it affecting you? You see her, how it affects her. How are you? Yeah, taking he's actually talked about that to me the other day, you know, because, um, you know, I'm lucky I don't get shot at hardly at all. You know, there, there are some people behind the scenes that will, um, I'm thick skin, but, you know, when there's people, you know, coming to me to get to her, um, it affects me, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, just, and, you know, that stuff affects me. And, and you know, we've had, um, we've had some situations that, um, I mean, heck, the, you know, we have law enforcement that monitor my shows, you know, because we've had some people, you know, file charges on me and, and call, actually call the police and, you know, make claims I'm a child molester and, you know, and, and I'll call up and say, come down to the police station. And I call the police station. They said, no. And, you know, so and it really hurts me. It really, really hurts, especially that because I've been molested, you know? So it just, man, it just crumbles me. And it's kind of, and I feel for them. They're sick, you know, they're just sick. And, and I hope they get better, but um, over time it wears on you. And so mm-hmm. she's been teaching me, you know, that's part of the business and, mm-hmm. and, and I'm okay with a lot of stuff, but um no, that's just, it's just part of it. And I'm and learning. You got to stand in the town square and, and, and let them kind of throw the, you know, the, the fruit and vegetables at you. And, and you yeah, know, I just love everybody them. and I love everybody, but you know, one of my, one of my biggest character defects growing up, which was a survival uh, skill. I've always had a big following of people I've always been kind of, you know, what I do. And, but I've always been very, my circle is extremely small to the point of isolation. I like it like that. Uh, that was survival for me. Never let anybody get close to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, it's actually an asset because now when all the stuff that comes in, I can go to bed at night not feeling I can save everybody's life. You know what I mean? We just have a standard, you know, this, this is what you do and all that. And um, I say, we, I'm the one. It's just, it's an automatic reply. You know, this is where you get help at. And that's, an, that's really good. You know, I don't feel like I have to help each other, but, um, you know, when, when it's, when it's, when I know who someone is, you know, what they're doing, it's malicious and it's like, um, it's towards her. It hurts. You know, I don't have any secrets. You know, I don't have any secrets. I just don't. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing to talk about me about it. Cause I talk about it. Right. Mm-hmm. 
every so day, right? Nice. That's your business. So your business yeah. is talking about your story. You know, Michael, it's also interesting that, you know, in the world we live in today with the social media world, here we are being a couple old, uh, old farts here. Uh, social media has become this amazing energy. You know, I just learned a stat. I think there's 250,000 podcasts. A lot of them are like me, just beginners. And then, you know, you get about three to 5% of the Joe Rogan style, you know, actually making money. But this industry of social media content, it's huge and it's a huge platform. And you talked about figuring it out. Are you getting some help with that figuring it out? Or are you doing this all on your own? Let's do it on my own, man. I just, you know, I tried to, I was in a studio. I've, I've had some deals, you know, where, um, um, you know, we had the new studio set up. I was at a, at a deal called Real News Network and it was very professional and, mm-hmm. and that was, it went off good. But mm-hmm. ones that are most effective is just me sitting out behind a Walmart in a, in a, in a driveway and just ripping, you know, just going, mm-hmm. uh, because people like that. They just like that real stuff, you know, um, you know, you know, people are now getting tired of this, you know, seeing us side by side. They, they yeah, want yeah, to yeah. see us together. 100%. Least- I, well, if you guys, you know, if your, your fiance is ever up at Mohegan Sun or Foxwoods, um, we're right here, our studio is there. We'd love to have you guys in or you yeah. in at least and uh, come into the studio, certainly, and uh, be, I, I like the in-studio, man, I, I, because I, there's nothing like being next to, and, you know, seeing the, you know, the movements and the eye uh, contact, uh, this is sufficient, but it's not the way I want to do it. Yeah, you need to have her on your show, I'll give you her, her information, she's love, a great, love, love to, love to, and then, you know, even, you know, if ever you guys are up this way, have you together, I mean, it'd be okay. a great sort of, because uh, your story together is one that, again, people look at sometimes, that codependency issue, is that a successful relationship? And I think that's a story that you guys could share. Well, and we're, and we're getting therapy on that right now. You know, I, 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 me being, I, I had to admit that I'm a codependent. I've never been like that. I've never been in love before. I've never been in love. And it's, um, and being in love for the first time and being sober and then realizing that, you know, you're, you're addressing trauma and realizing that, yeah, I have abandonment issues. I mean, I'm saying these things as a man that I would never mm-hmm. would have said before, mm-hmm. you know, real abandonment issues. Um, these are stuff I want to talk about uh, this pain. That's where I get the relief, you know? And, um, and so I, I'm working through stuff like that right now. That's why I wanted to do this tonight. I'm lonely. You know, yeah, I got you. you, th- you it's, it's a therapeutic moment to be, and I, I get the same thing. I get in front of the yeah. microphone and you know, we get to rip on, on different topics and stuff. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's really, th- I mean, tomorrow I'll be in the studio talking to, uh, you know, uh, a guy about uh, crypto coins and uh, I forget who the next guy is and, you know, whatever, it's just a conversation right. and I love to do it. It is my therapy, but you know, it's, it, it's sort of, I, I want to ask you something. You brought it up a couple of times and it just came to my mind. Um, you, you talked about letting go uh, your grandfather, what he did to you. Um, did you have a lot of resentment towards your parents about not protecting you? You know, I really realized, yeah, I mean, not, not protecting me, it was other stuff, you know, um, but it really stemmed to that. That's where it all started. You know, I, I really thought that, I didn't think I had a reason. It's so dark and deep, you know, it was it, almost like disassociation. And, mm-hmm. and when I really started peeling back the layers of the onion, that's where it all started. That's where the, that's where the uh, walls came up and that's where I really started to isolate and, 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 and protect myself. Um, and my behaviors are just a result of that. So once, you know, what is forgiveness? We hear that, you know, just, Hey, pray for the person to, you know, for two weeks and it'll go away. No, just forgive Michael. You know, you're drinking the poison, hoping that I still, that's not working. What's that's not working. And what true forgiveness is for me is acceptance. And what acceptance is, is, is seeing what my role is in it, seeing what my role is 
and accepting it. Wait a minute. You're telling me you played a role in your grandfather doing what he did to you? Yeah, I did. And what it was, my role was, is I chose to hold on to the resentment and anger. That's my role. Okay. And then once I let go of that. Let it affect you. And it's, it's been an impact on your life. That's, yeah, so uh, you know, it's pretty powerful yeah, so. to have that realization. I think a lot of the victims, and uh, I can't judge victims. No one can judge another victim because that is a personal trip, yeah. right? But uh, I think the victimizing uh, of our own self sometimes is that is that thing that causes us to continue uh, that that unfortunate situation. So you know, someone that didn't pay me back five dollars—that's easy to forgive. No big deal, right? Okay, um, that's an easy one. See, I know how to forgive. But the real hard ones and seeing it that way in a situation like that, for me, that's where I find God. That's where I see the real God, where I really understand it going. You know, the typical thing, why would God allow, if he's a good God, why does he allow this stuff to happen? Well, right. I have answers for that today. You know, and, and the more and more connected I become and the more and more pain that I endure, mm -hmm. I see like, I see why he's doing it. He's allowing it to happen because it's an opportunity to get stronger. Okay, it's an opportunity because if he didn't do that for me, I'd be drunk and high. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. he allows that. And what that means is to look at it in a situation where I had that aha moment where I'm sharing my story about my grandfather, not as a victim, not as, you know, I'm, you, I'm doing this because no one's ever induced anybody else. Or that's resentment. When I do it and I say, he, someone comes up to me and thanks me, I go, wow, mm -hmm. wow, wow. Well, you know, lights my going off. grandfather just saved these guys' lives, you mm -hmm. know, that's deep. I mean, that is really deep. And because we don't know who we're dealing with. We really don't. You know, right. God's not mysterious. I am. I am, you know, and it's, it's pretty cool to look at that way. Yeah, it's definitely a perspective. I'm sure that is, a, you know, it's a, it's a guide. It's a guidance for, for you. It works. And I think some others that are searching for that, hopefully here tonight, they'll hear some of this information about, you know, finding that ability to forgive and, and move on. And really the forgiveness is selfish in a way. And I, I think I, I'm not saying because you're forgiving, you're not really, you know, your grandfather's out of your life. Yeah. Your life is what matters. And so I hear you. I struggle with, um, I struggle with forgiveness of victims for victims. I, you know, I think in my position at 21 years old, starting and watching these rotations of pedophiles and sex offenders, I just have a hard time with it. I saw the system seem uh, almost yeah. corrupt. And, and, you know, we hear things like, and, and this might be a little bit on the, on the national or international topic, but you see like things like Epstein, you know, this whole thing with Maxwell and you think about how hey, it's not okay. It is not it's, okay. You know, I know, I know you don't think that yeah. at all, dude. I'm, I'm yeah. just saying, but think about the, how deeply rooted that is into our fabric of, of how many celebrities in Hollywood, how many people in Washington, DC, and there's a true sickness there that we need to expose to protect our children. Yeah, and, you know, and, and, and we scratch our head and we go all the way up, you know, we have a messed up world. You know, how do we, how do we fix the world today? How do we fix the government? How do we fix the office and all that stuff? It's real simple. It's, I mean, it's real simple. We've got to bring back the man. We have the missing man. There's no dad. There's we've dumbed down the deity of God and dumbed down the deity of, of men. They're now male. We sissified it. You know what I mean? And a true man, you know, is is, is they take responsibility. They they are the spiritual leader of the household, not the controller, but they are responsible. Yeah. And for the people who watch this that, that read the Bible and all that, you know, God said, you know, Adam, where are you? He didn't say, Adam and Eve, where are you? Adam, where are you? And that's why my kid's last name is mine. It's my responsibility. They mess up. 
It's kind of like owning a company. You know, it's like the head coach of a football team. You know, mm-hmm. they don't fire uh, the, the left guard for losing the Super Bowl. They fire the coach. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a responsible. It's the same thing as, you know, dads. And once we get that fixed, then that, that contributes to uh, the neighborhood. It contributes to the church and the city, the county, the state, the government. And it goes on and on. It goes that way. That's who's, 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 Michael, who's your favorite comedy act out there today? Who's the famous? Who's the guy that makes you laugh? Sebastian, uh, was Sebastian Maniscola. Man, yeah, he's, he's great, man. He's got a clean family yeah. story. So yeah, I, I, I almost thought you'd say like a David Chappelle or something like that. But I, I don't know if you're. No, I don't like him. Actually, I, I ran into him at the Ritz Carlton in Dallas when I was doing work down there. I was doing a big penthouse there. And he's mm-hmm. cool. He's real humble. He's just outside hanging out. I didn't know who he was. And um, yeah. But I like Sebastian. He's, you know, they kind of go, you know, but he's, he's on my grid right now. He's, he makes me laugh. No kidding. So you, uh, through your travels now, you're starting to get more exposed to, I think, uh, different people from different walks of life. Some, some might be, um, you know, the people that live in like you in, the, in a truck down by the river, or there might be somebody who's a celebrity. How are you kind of managing all that stuff in this, this kind of crazy world you're in now? Well, I mean, when I was building homes, I mean, the, the level of homes I built, the air was real thin. You know, I have lifetime NDAs on like 90% of my, my clients, you know. Um, but, um, you know, I've never, it's funny, I was just sharing this with someone today. I've just never been a, um, a celebrity. I've never had, no, I've never asked for an autograph in my life. You know, mm-hmm. I've just always been like that. I, I just, it, it, they're just people, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, I had, I had Steve-O on one time, and then I have a guy that on the next day that just got out of prison, got nothing, you know, and it's just, listen, the difference between me and the man underneath the bridge is one thing, one thing, and that's the bridge. That's it, you know, and it's, this disease does not discriminate. The disease of, of, um, of worldly, worldly success, visible things, okay, it doesn't discriminate. And that's my passion is the people, the people who have a lot of money. That's the ones I get excited to help because those are the ones that's the big victory is that when they find it and they, and they make a life change, real life change. Um, when they make that life change and we raise the bottom where their work and money is not their source. That's cool. That's really cool because um I just I enjoy that challenge and, that, and for some reason God's got me in that realm where they you know those people are reaching out and um and it's a tough one I can relate to it too I connect with them because I was there you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um you know they still got women and they still got money and you know it's kind of like oh I'm gonna stop drinking but I'm still gonna have you know my infidelity over here and I'm like I can't help you mm-hmm. I can't help you you know I can't relate yeah, to that do you ever have, Michael, do you ever have any of those uh, old timers that used to be in the bar with you or in business with you that are still in that lifestyle, reach out to you and be like, hey, man, come on. Oh, man. Yeah. Did you, how do you how do you handle that one? Oh, what, like uh, you're back, like come hang out with us. Yeah, whatever. Just come on back and let's uh, let's get going again. Get that hammer and, you, you know, Never. let's go build some. You know, no, no you don't no. answer those questions, those calls. No, I, I got funny stories. I mean, I like I got I, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you're an alcoholic when you get a message on social media from from the night crew at Taco Bell congratulating mm-hmm. me on where, where my success in, in this new life, because I was always going through there at, you know, four in the morning and tipping them $50. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm in there in a Range Rover with a blower on it. And I got the valet guy 
driving me home so I can't blow in the thing. You know, it's just, oh, Jesus. you know, it's just like crazy stuff. And but it's cool because they're reaching out and saying, man, you've really helped us. You know, it's actually really cool. The people that, that I hurt, you know, like there's, you know, some girls that, you know, I dated and, and, you know, they liked me and I just dumped them, you know what I mean? And, and I heard them and it's pretty cool. They reach out and they're married and, and they say, Hey, I've got somebody that I want you to talk to. Can you help them out? You know, mm-hmm. like right here, right now. I mean, my ex-wife, I mean, if there's anybody on this planet who has the right to sue me and I'm guilty, it's her. Mm-hmm. And for her to show the grace and love uh, and forgiveness because Brandon reaches out, it's, it's just unbelievable, unbelievable. Well, you must deserve it, man. That's, uh, you know, uh, you obviously mm-hmm. have worked hard. In, in, in a short amount of time, actually, you got a long ways to go to do this. Uh, you know, Mike, Michael, I want to tell people where they can find you on all the platforms or wherever they can find you to kind of get more about you. It's just M to the Rock. I mean, you see it, you can Google M to the Rock. M to the Rock.com is our website. Um, and, you know, we're on all the platforms. We're on, um, you know, every one of them. So it's, um, it's easy to find. We're on, um, you know, all of our stuff is video like this, and then we download it into audio and you know, we're on Spreaker, which distributes to all of them. And so we're on everything. We're easy to find. Easy to find. And you have any big speaking engagements coming up you want to mention or talk about? Or are you just kind of like... Uh... No, we're looking. Yeah, we're looking. Now it's starting to open back up. You know, this mm-hmm. this Tony Evans piece. In fact, if you want to, whenever you post it, put the link of this, that, this new yeah, Tony Yeah, 100%. Evans. We'll definitely we'll tag yeah, that, that into it. That's well. a good one. I mean, they've done a good will. job. And, um, you know, that's really opened a lot of doors. So we're getting really blown up by that. Um, Man, I can so, see you doing some really good work in Hollywood with with all the issues that go on there. You got to, you know, so and not the Hollywood elite, you know, like you said, you're not really enamored by that, but just talking your story because you, know, you I talked a lot those, of money yeah, and a lot of success. Yeah, I've reached out to those guys. In fact, um, Cameron Douglas and I did. A, he's got a great story, and we did a story. You know, we did a, a deal together, and um, you know, anyway. So yeah, there's there's a lot of good ones there, and once again, you know, they're just like us. There's you know, they, they hey. We can all relate. We wake up in the morning a lot in that impending doom, the impending doom. Like, how am I going to get through the day? And mm-hmm. you know, I tell everybody, you know, when we feel that way, we just got to get into gratitude. Okay, that sounds great. I don't want to do that. You know, mm-hmm. well, when the pain gets bad enough, we do. And and so um, you, this has really helped me today. You know, I just I've been struggling. I've been struggling the last you know sixty days and mm-hmm. dealing with some mental health stuff and and anxiety and paranoia. And, um, you know, it just, it's all a result of me holding on to some stuff, just holding on to stuff, mm-hmm. triggers. And, and in a relationship, we trigger each other. You know, she comes from big time trauma. And mm-hmm. so, you know, we trigger each other, but we recognize it, you know, it's this, and it, it can get tiring. And, and I share that because I want to provide solutions to share that with someone going, Okay, dude, I do. That guy is that is me, you know. And we don't talk about drugs and alcohol. It has yeah. nothing to do with it, you know. Right. It's just, we all we all struggle with that. There's no such thing as normal. Okay, normal is a button on a dishwasher. So, um, you know, we're all we're all sick. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. You know, uh, Paul and I had a chance last week. We watched the Dolly Parton Netflix series, 
uh, show. And I'm going to tell you, I recommend you, you want to smile, put on Dolly Parton. Maybe we can, we all it's need a more Dolly. That's Rachel's favorite. That's her Yeah, favorite. man, I'll tell you right now, she makes me smile just thinking about her and, you know, the passing of someone like Betty White, which is just an amazing soul. You know, those are the things that you kind of smile about in the world we live in. But listen, uh, Michael, thank you for sharing your story tonight. And uh, I think thank you're you. going to be a friend and, uh, you know, my number, you have my cell. You can call me anytime yeah. you feel like you need to talk uh, personally. You, you got my number, brother. And I'd uh, be more than happy to be an honor to talk to you and uh, want to share your story. So anytime we can help you kind of spread the word about things you're doing, let us know, let Paula know, we'll put it out on our platform. And uh, I look forward vice to it. And vice right. versa. I'd like for you to come on our show too. So I'd love to, up. man. Okay. Listen, uh, I, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. This is uh, definitely one of those moments where you just get to kick it and uh, learn the real deal. Um, M to the rock. Michael, thank you again, my brother. Be safe. Love you, man. Appreciate you. Love you, man.